The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now, the government has confirmed this evening that historic convictions for consensual sexual activity between men are to be disregarded. At least 941 Irish men were convicted of homosexual acts until they were decriminalised in 1993 on foot of a decision by the European Court of Human Rights. Tony Walsh is an archivist and writer and he is with me now. Uh, Tony, uh, welcome news. Too late for many, but welcome nonetheless, I take it. Lovely to hear you, uh, Kieran. Thanks for having me. Yes, it is very welcome news, and I think it's really appropriate actually that we hear we have this decision in the middle of Pride Week because it's a cogent reminder of the hurt and harm and exclusion that was done to all of those gay and bisexual men over the years. And not only that, I think it's really important that we we use this the announcement by the government to acknowledge the distress and hurt uh, that was visited on the families of those men for doing nothing more, as you rightly said, just uh, engaging in consensual sexual behaviour. It's it's come too late for many of them. They're either dead or they're very, very old. Uh, we can't undo the harm that was done to them, but we can acknowledge the the um, we can acknowledge the meanness um, and the lack of regard that Irish society had for men who were doing nothing more than simply uh, negotiating desire and intimacy in exactly the same way that heterosexual men and women would do. Uh, and, uh, you know, th- th- those people um, who will have this question, their record posthumously, I mean, yes, it's obviously too late for them. But, I mean, convictions were still happening right up through the 1970s so that there will be men <laughs> listening to this, I hope, um, who will feel, I assume, a huge sense of relief this evening? I do think that's a huge sense of relief, but I also think too that the, the hurt, I think it's it's really difficult to try and um, get inside the, the hurt that was done to these men. Mm. It wasn't just that they got a criminal conviction, but the, the impact of the criminal conviction was to visit enormous amounts of social phobia and, and uh, taboo, a sense of shame and stigma on these men. And and again, too, I, I think it's really incumbent on us to imagine how that also extended to their families. Remember that these men were some someone's father or son or cousin or nephew or uncle. And and the, the cultural shame and stigma didn't just I mean it impacted mostly on, on these on these men, but it extended to the families. So I think it's it's a, it's a hugely overdue and necessary uh, directive by the government that recognises the harm that was done. And then also, too, I think, Kieran, and we, I, I imagine we both agree on on the the legacy of that decision, how, what, what the benefits of, mm. that we can take from it, what we can learn from it. And I, I do think, and again, it's it's quite opposite, opposite that it's happening during Pride Week, uh, I think from some, a historian like me, is to, um, hearing this government uh, announcement would suggest that we need to become a little bit more engaged in investigating and investing in our recent history, not just about how people were others and uh, excluded and discriminated against and men whose lives were ruined, the families of men and men whose lives were ruined, 
but but uh, ask ourselves, look look anew at the type of society that we grew up in, the type of society we inherited. I think that's hugely important. Mm. And that begs the question, what are we doing to address that in things like our educational system? Uh, but yeah, even for other men, Tony, who, who are never convicted, and I, you, you fall into this category. I mean, the, 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 the threat of conviction must have always been hanging over uh, those moments where, uh, as you describe it, you're just negotiating intimacy the same way anyone else would. Yeah, and actually that's really interesting because when the state issued an apology and had a really moving event in Dublin Castle just before the pandemic, Tishik Baradkar did uh, comment on how the existence of those old rancorous uh, British Victorian legislation uh, essentially legitimised uh, it, it, a form of state-sanctioned homophobia. Um, and how that played out was the existence of the laws allowed people to discriminate against you. I think we talked about this before, how I was at, at the age of 20 in 1981 with my first boyfriend. We were asked to leave a bar in Dublin's Dame Street. And we were just told, the manager came over to us and said, get out, I don't want your sort of people in here. And and there was no anti-discrimination legislation placed. The reason there wasn't any anti-discrimination legislation in place was precisely because of the existence of those, those dreadful laws. We had to get rid of those laws. Once we got rid of them, then we could actually look anew at how we could put in place very positive forms of anti-discrimination and also tackle the issues of inequality um, and social inclusion. Really important. And you, you, could, you could say that we're still doing that today. In what way is that an unfinished picture? Uh, we're seeing some really rancorous, um, very problematic uh, public discourse on, on social media platforms. Uh, we're seeing the uh, the an ultra-conservative and ultra-religious uh, far-right nationalist sentiment uh, uh, growing in this country. Uh, and feeling emboldened, and we need to nip that in the bud. And, and you know, you can draw a line from the implementation of those old discriminatory anti-gay laws. You can draw a line from there, from when they were brought in in 1861 or whatever it was, in 1885. You can draw a line from, from the existence, the very uh, initialing of those laws right up to the criminalization and even beyond in how... Again, going back to how they, in the, in the minds of some people, they legitimise their homophobia. They legitimise bigotry. Uh, and because, you know, it's, it's, it's only 30 years since I was branded a criminal, you know, I still have to live with that legacy. Now, I'm, I, I'd like to imagine I'm a well-adjusted 62-year-old gay man. Mm. But some people, you know, fell through the cracks and society didn't, you know, wasn't generous or, or aware enough Irish society wasn't aware enough to develop the mechanisms that could that could um, recognise and and appreciate and empathise with the hurt and states of exclusion that was visited on people. Yeah. And the other thing too is, um, you know, we're talking specifically here about gay and bisexual men who were who were criminalised, but in any type of um, situation, a moment where we're talking about decriminalisation, and a moment that begs us to take a breath and look at the hurt that society visits on any group of marginalised people. It also, I think, 
uh, it begs us to be a lot more generous and open at just looking more more widely at at other groups in society who who remain marginalised. Um, okay. You know, because yeah. invariably we're talking about equality, and that affects everyone. Tony Walsh, archivist and writer. Tony, thanks a million for joining us on the show. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from four on News Talk.